This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. remember the big moments in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Megan. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest Movie Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, the befuddled, befuddled vagina. Beautiful and absolutely batshit bonkers Justin Waddell. How's it going, sir? Man, it's, I mean, it's not going great, Nick. Tell me why. I stopped dodging. Uh-oh. Got that COVID, bro. What's he like? He sucks. Yeah, he's not good. And I just saw you couple days ago to see megan yeah so sunday night we, we 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 were in contact you may have been carrying COVID around or i may have been carrying COVID around for that matter i was feeling good that night i was like i'm feeling good and i got home and in the wee hours of the morning i started feeling a little bit something in my throat that sucks well you got to keep this in mind justin you might be made an example of i just want to let you let you know that how so well because COVID is just an actual government um plot to thin the herd uh, and the vaccinations is, is the way that they kind of set it up so that you fail. That's right. So yeah. be careful, man. I think you might be being made an example of, and as a result, you will be unable to complete the mission of this here podcast, and that's that's unacceptable. So just take care of yourself, sip some, some tea, and have those little star pastas in the soup that I like, you know, that saved my ass. Yeah, yeah. I never liked those. Don't matter. Your body's different when you're in COVID times. So you go to Campbell's Star, the star-shaped pasta, Campbell's chicken noodle soup. Is that what you're talking about? There's, it's just, it's like a chicken noodle soup, but it's little tiny microscopic stars. Mm-hmm. They're tiny. They're little. I know what you're talking. I mean, they're, that's the same word basically, but they're tiny. They're little. They're small. Infinitesimal. They're yeah. Eensy. But I always gave me a weird mouthfeel. Those things felt like little galaxy dusting off in there. I don't, I don't want that. I like just the noodles. I feel like Galactus when simple. I'm up in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think Galactus is like eats for fun? Like he was like, I'd like to see what that crunch is like, you know? Right. So they're like, down a that'd be so funny. Galactus is on his gigantic couch. Mm-hmm. Somebody's like, uh, "Where's Venus?" He goes, "Had the munchies." Oh man, had the munchies. Is, he's a messy bee, Galactus. <laughs> you know what a weird dude. Very large. Although he has heralds, and you gotta love. I want a herald. I want a little. I want a couple of bewildered creeps that do my bidding. Does he ever? Uh, get satiated you know does he ever stop eating mm-hmm. or is he just like a what do they call like a, a shark or whatever i don't know some kind of thing that never starts stops chomping no he's he does he does it he fasts takes a break yeah oh does he there was a 12 issue arc in marvel where galactus had a cleanse <laughs> and he's shitting space liquid 
like for weeks. Right. Uh, did ever did they ever address Galactus's waste? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, what's his? Is he shitting out in space? And is that's it? What, are you picking little pieces of planet out of his stool? Is what you're asking? That's what. I, yeah, yeah, I'm wondering this. And I mean, he doesn't look like he ever takes that costume off. That is a lot of material it requires to keep him clothed. Who made that outfit? Probably too. I mean, probably like a Jack Kirby or some fuck. <laughs> Oh, you mean like the the people that build the the actual uniform? Yeah. I have no idea. Anyway, Comic books aren't too. always real. They're not always the most real. I know, I know. I just sometimes you want to go down that rabbit hole and figure out the logic to everything. I think everybody I think just be, accepts at face value this guy eats planets and and universes and they're done. It would suck you if know? if if you were one of the other people whose costumes that person made, mm-hmm. like you're the Punisher. Like I need a new suit, and that guy's well. I'm working on Galactus right now. So, yeah, I'll be available in a decade. Yeah, yeah. I'm working... Yeah, right now I'm doing his uh, his tarsal. What else what is going think, on? I mean... What do you think Galactus was rocking? Like a triple X? Double X? What was it? I mean, it seems like a large... Yeah. Quad, is there such a thing as a quadruple X? There is, and I think he might need more. Really? Yeah. Interesting. What were you going to ask me? I was, saying, I was saying, other than COVID, which is sort of the big mm-hmm. deal, what else is up? Well, I will say that I did test positive for it. You know, I have to test again just to double check. But what else is going on? I, you know, just bumming out. I've been watching a lot of movies. I caught up with uh, Banshees of Anna Sharon. Is that how you said? Yep. I watched that with my wife. I, I really like that a lot. I've been listening to some Colin Farrell interviews and Brendan Gleeson and Martin McDonough. But, you know, I, I've been watching, I watched a movie on Tubi last night, which... Ooh. I did not enjoy. That kept throwing up commercials at me. What movie? The weirdest times. Long Kiss Goodnight. Shane Black's. What didn't they buy that script from him for Big like money. four million? Rennie Harlan directed it. Rennie Harlan directed that when he was married to Gina Davis, and he reminded me that we should do Cutthroat Island. Sure. You had mentioned it before. You uh, are wearing a hat that says you are on native land. What's the significance da- of that? My dad got this for me. It's from REI. But yeah, he got it for me. I'm wearing it because my hair was out of control. I like it, though. Because I have a very similar hat for T2, or Terminator, yeah. I'm sorry, for Terminator, Terminator Salvation, which was what my mom wore for the last, like, three years of her life, which was awesome. I still kept it because it, the idea of my stricken mother in her last years wearing a Terminator Salvation hat gives me a lot of happiness. Same style. What does it say on just says Terminator Salvation? It says Justin is on native land. No, yeah, it's Eternity of Salvation. I don't think I ever saw that movie. I think we talked about this the other day. Fan. I never watched it. Is it the Christian Bale one? Yeah. The Last of Us about to come out. Have you? Did you see it getting all sorts of good reviews? Yeah, people are loving on it. Are you excited? You never play the game, right? You got it for me. I played some of it. Did you ever play it, though? I played some of it, yeah. I love that game so much, and I love the two performances in it of the main characters. But I'm excited about the show. How many episodes? I need to know now. I think I heard someone say nine, but I could be incorrect. People have seen the whole thing. Like, they released... The whole thing for review. They must be pretty confident in it. Sounds good. What about you? How 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 you been? I'm fine. Fine. Give me a little bit more. I, I finally hired somebody for my vacant position, which means I won't mm-hmm. be hating my life quite as much. So that's nice. Good dude. That's great. And other than that, I've been trying to start the year off creatively and be a, a gentleman. How's that going for you? <laughs> Same as always. Dog shit. You're a creative dude, though. You're a creative guy. Always appreciate that about you. You made me laugh at the movie. You always like riff on the um, previews, yeah, out loud. You've been doing that for as, as since I've known you, and it still makes me laugh. What are, there was something that that we did. Well, you get excited. One of the things you do that makes me laugh is you'll know something's coming up, like some 
Maria Menounos, whoever it is. Yeah, like someone's coming up that's going to be like not that exciting, and you, you'll just go the goat, <laughs> you know, like out loud in the theater. Usually, when there's no other sound happening, just what mm-hmm. gets me. You made fun of Marla Thomas. <laughs> that's what it was. I said Mickey Rourke in this <laughs> out loud in the theater for all the people listening there. We're back at doing a current film, much to my chagrin and your chagrin as an audience. I know that you want more wavelength-style movies, and by golly, we'll get you there. But for now, we decided to shift gears a little bit and do something current on the show we call The Movie Microscope. If you're not familiar, it's a show where you zoom in. We rub tummies with the small. We lick pewter until it's great. We take the linear cathodes put them in our butthole, and pivot until something breaks. We spin out at Brian's birthday. We wax Moesha. We wake, we bake, we snake, we trake, then we break. We fuck up and piss into Pegasus' canteen. We rip the shoulders off our members-only jackets, and we swear by serpents. Watch a film through heated, noxious, insanely crystalline eyes. Eyes that have watched movies through the back door, seen what comes and goes, washed out the flush, and let it baptize us in its soils and shits. See what makes a break, share with the likes of the audience. If we're talking about... We're talking about Homeward Bound. We talk about the scene where the dog finds itself a fresh kill to feed on, but refuses to eat it without asking for some Polynesian sauce, as the cat just idly watches, licking its pureed sweetness, slurping on its bizarre triangle dick. Talk about the little moments. And there's a shitload in today's movie, Megan. You know what you sounded like a little bit is, was it Blade Blade Runner 2049? Is that, is it 2049? Yeah. You sound like the baseline test a little bit, <laughs> interlinked. You know, like you're kind of saying these phrases. I like that, yeah. And the android has to, Megan has to repeat them back as you say them or something. I'm wondering, is it Blade Runner 2049? Because if it is, isn't Robotron, the video game Robotron 2049? And That's isn't Minor 2049er? Oh my god, it is Minor 2049er, which I used to absolutely love. Robotron, Robotron you said? It is 2049. Two and I think Robotron, it might be 2024 or 2029. 2084. 2084. You're so close. Now, if I'm not mistaken, is Broderbund the company behind Minor 2049er? Jesus. Broderbund, huh? I would not know. Don't click away. Minor. I won't. And you're right, it's 2049. Broderbund. It's a big five software, it looks like. So Broderbund must have done Spelunker. It's a good name for a company. I just remember that there was a, a game that involved mining by Broderbund. When, and what a cute name, Broderbund. We used to get lost in those games when we were kids. Like I used to get lost in like the Minor 2049er game. And just like, I always envisioned that there would be just more to the game that I just couldn't get to yet. And it probably just would repeat screens. You know? Well, the advertisements that would be in magazines would have really nice artwork, and it would fill your imagination with power, and you'd get excited. Like that, and Pitfall, and Demon Attack, and all these things. And they and they sort of created this narrative that you sort of bought into and didn't feel cheated by. Yeah, I was. we talked about this before, but I was a big Space Ace fan. I always wanted to see the whole story laid out, and I could never get beyond like the first you know five minutes. Now you can just watch it on YouTube, see that whole story, I'm sure. Which is probably bad. Well, Don Bluth in this. Yeah, Don Bluth. Is he still around? Could be. What's his, I haven't heard. What's his greatest work? Hmm. Or what? His, I mean, Dragon's Lair was is what he's... No, but he had a movie. Was what he's known for. He did a movie that was... It, yeah, he did a bunch of movies. Did he do Did he do Secret of Nim? Yeah. Yeah, he sure did. He lives. Which I loved. What was that yeah, one? Yeah, he's he 85 a, years yeah, young. Yeah, Land Before Time. 
but there was one. Ooh, that picture on 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 Wikipedia. Oof, looks like looks like Forrestal. He looks like he's auction. Yeah, he. No, I, I wonder how his COVID's been. Probably better than yours. Apparently, I like Titan A.E. quite a bit. Matt Damon movie, right? Yep, those are pure times. Cell animation. Matt Matt Damon pops up in Ocean's Eight. Is that correct? No, he doesn't. No, I don't think any. Who of them does? Do. None of them do. I don't think. I thought Matty D did. You hear they're doing a Ocean's prequel? I, I did not. With who? With with Gosling and uh, Margot Robbie playing. I don't know who they're playing, but it's a prequel. Megan, by the way, Megan, mm-hmm. tell me what was your excitement level for this one? This is a movie that's done very well, by the way. Yeah, so my excitement level was minimal, but not not awful. You know, I knew it was a PG thirteen horror movie. I knew it was from Blumhouse, which means it's going to be a certain level of quality and a certain level of manipulative. You know, it's uh oh. What? There's a little criticism on Blumhouse there. Not really. No, I just think that they have a brand, and, and it's a very successful brand. Based and on it, a James Wan story, by the way. Did you know that? No, it's based on Deadly Friend. <laughs> James Wan came up with a story, but he did not uh, write the script. That it, the, A woman named Akella Cooper, I believe, wrote the script, and she's kind of a highly sought-after screenwriter these days. And, what and the, she had said that... Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, go. No, she, she said that they made a... Um, it was a much gorier film that they ended up making like her script was much gorier and they shot a gorier version well, that's encouraging but they decided that they'd go the pg-13 route and then uh, jason blum uh, cited drag me to hell as a great pg-13 movie and why there are such things mm-hmm. so well the, certainly it affects the box office and one of the executives one of the producers on this one of the creative producers on this is, is ryan turk who used to write for mm-hmm. one of the re- websites that i used to i used to have so it's great to see him rocking he has been a inspiration and it's great to see him killing it and getting credit for it. So good for him. Um, yeah, he popped up in the credits. He produced this, right? Or yeah, he's, he did the Halloween. He does a lot of them. Yeah, he's I see like his name. He's on executive. Yeah, he's on the Halloweens too, right? Yeah, he seems like a seems like a talented dude. I never met him. So the premise of this film is a young girl's fam- parents are killed in a car accident, and she is sent to live with her inventor, toy creator, AI creator aunt who tests her product, this living doll, or this very high-tech doll, on, on this, this grieving young lady, and bad things happen. Yeah, you're right. Let's talk about the cast real quick. You got Allison Williams. Megazin yeah. is in it. Allison Williams, the star of Girls and um, Get Out, is in this. Who is she in Girls? Really I've never herself. seen Girls, but I know that I thought it was just Dunham and, and that weirdie, and then another weirdie. There's four. Okay. There's four friends, yeah, and she played. Um, I, be- I believe she played the more straight laced. And that's where the, Adam Driver came from, too, right? It's where Adam Driver came from, correct? I saw like the first season of that show. I, I like. Actually, don't mind Dunham. I, th- I kind of like her sometimes. I mean, I some of the puppets are much. good. Some of them aren't. You know. <laughs> by the way, I was talking to uh, Max Katie. By the okay. way, the girls in this movie, her name is Katie, same spelling as Max Katie. You're right, yeah, and that's that little girl's played by Violet McGraw, who people might remember from the beginning of Doctor Sleep. She gets destroyed yeah, by had, those. Yeah. What are those guys called? The something not the true not something like that. Yeah, something like that. But I asked Max Katie about girls. Said already done them. <laughs> Isn't it the one true not or something like that? It's something like that. I know it's the maybe the something not the true not the one true not something like that. But yeah, they surround her at the beginning and then they. I guess they eat, they definitely She's eat She's one by the riverside or whatever, lakeside. Yeah. yeah. She does not make it. She doesn't. Her mom is looking for her at the end of that scene. Does not find her, I don't think. And Jacob Tremblay I know the also has... plays the mom. Jacob Tremblay has a good go at it, too. Yeah, he's fine in that. He's good. 
So anyway, I love that movie. Let me just put it out there. I love Dr. Sleep. It is an absolute banger and a shame that it wasn't a hit and a shame that they weren't able to do more because he wants to. He'll be busy for a while, and I, th- I don't think he's complaining, but it would be nice to see more Dr. Sleep. Mr. Flanagan, yeah, I think he's okay. Um, he, he certainly produces quality things. I just think Dr. Sleep was kind of one of the best things he's done, and yeah, it certainly hit. We talked about this before. It arrived at the box office with a thud. I guess they should have called it The Shining, too. One of your McGregor's better performances, too, I thought. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm glad her parents die in this movie. Yeah, first scene. Like, well, it starts off with a kind of a commercial for this toy, and it's a it's it's a non Megan toy that this company Funky with an eye puts out, and um, it's like a Furby it's this little, type this little thing? Furby type yeah. thing that you control through an app, and and Allison Williams, who like Nick said, plays the little girl uh, Katie's aunt in this, he had sent her this toy, and her parents have been t- taking her on this ski trip. Weather's insane, and Katie's in the back seat playing with this uh, toy. And it's, it's just delivering fart joke after fart joke. Keep saying it's, it's going to shit. Basically, it's going to poop. It's, oh, I got a fart. Everything is about it going to the bathroom, which, which made me laugh. And then the <laughs> then the parents get absolutely destroyed. And I'm glad. Because so, her dad, mm-hmm. fucking hipster lumberjack. Yeah. Well, he's wearing flannel. Is that? He is the worst. That is just not nice. The guy's in it for maybe a minute of screen time. He doesn't Dressed, have any lines. He looks I don't think like maybe one. This is... This is one of the side effects of growing older is that the people who are who you, who you make fun of are now parents, you know, the, and now they're being represented in film and commercials and stuff like that. Okay. And it's time for him. But I'm just saying this his, guy, I didn't he didn't rub me the wrong way. Well, the, he got rubbed all over the city by that. It's a doting dad. He's he's a, a little bit annoyed that about screen time is the, they're trying to figure out how to limit screen time and they figured out how to instead how to limit their time on earth. And they certainly do. I'm going to look up the dad for you. What do you think his name is? Greg? Well, the actor, I don't know. The character, I don't know either. No, not Greg is. I know who Greg is in that. All right, I can't I can't zoom in. He sucks. I don't know who the dad is. The picture, suck. The picture on his IMDb, he looks like the piece of shit lumberjack as well. What, what's his name? He's some piece of shit in there. What if he's like, um, you know, what if he's a listener? Like a the, listener. The show, yeah. Yeah. Fuck him. I hope it hurt. You're going too hard, man. You're going too hard on this guy. I don't feel He's bad probably for thrilled. Him. He goes, I got cast in Megan. I play the dead dad. Anyway, Megan doesn't kill these parents. Like, let's just get that out of the way. She's got a body count in this movie, but it doesn't include Violet McGraw's parents, Katie's parents. Right. Zoom in. So she gets carted off to her aunt, who is in the will. That's where that's where she's supposed to uh, go. Arlo if, Green uh, is the actor died. who plays the dad. I rescind what I my, me sticking up for him. You know where you know where he's known for? Cowboy Bebop I mean, live action. Ooh, I really rescind it then. <laughs> I really rescind it. But I still, I, I got to throw it out. You're being very hard on him, but Barlow? That's a tough name. Are you sure that's his name? I don't see that on here. Arlo. Arlo Green. Hipster ass. He's got, a, he's got a cute IMDb picture. Burp. Yeah, come on, man. He, look, he, he looks like a nice enough dude. I'm wondering if they had a deposit down for the ski adventure because they will not mm-hmm. be getting that re- that deposit back. That's true. Yeah, they get crushed. Yeah, it's pretty great. So our little damaged girl, Katie, yes. is sent to live with her aunt, right? And I love the fact that for the first several scenes in the movie, once she gets to her aunt's place, she is covered in the scratches of murder. Her face is, is rife with the wounds of being tossed around in that car as it was smashed away. Her parents getting bludgeoned to death. The driver of the bulldozer they hit probably shit himself. She's walking around for quite a while with those little scratches on her, which I really did appreciate. By the way, there's three bodies that end up in that 
The Furby. That little Furby didn't make yeah. it either. Allison uh, Williams at one point says, "Where's the little toy I got you? Where's the? I don't, what do they call it? Do you remember? I can't. I don't can't want to remember. She didn't say anything. Yeah, she's not. That's no longer a thing for her. She thinks it's. I think she could tell she thinks it's bad luck having that to play with that thing. All right. So there's the beginning. Yeah, I feel bad for the kid because her parents have died and uh, she's young. So I think that's probably what you that filmmakers were intending. Now the director is uh, Gerard Johnston. Johnstone, I think, is his last name. He's from New Zealand. Directed a film called Housebound that Solid I really movie. like. And, um, it was compared to Peter one, Jackson, that movie. Because he's from New Zealand? Yeah. I mean, I guess that Peter Jackson got his start in horror comedy. I guess this guy did, too. This is certainly a comedy. I mean, there's, it's mm, funny. Yeah, it is. If, it's funny. They're, they're, it's campy. It's funny. It's trying to be funny. It's, I think that's what it kind of has over. Nick and I were talking about you know, a lot of people were comparing this to Chucky, obviously, before it came out. But it really, it feels like a remake almost of My Deadly Friend. <laughs> My Deadly Friend. Or, or I'm sorry, Deadly Friend. Or, um, what's the other one? Man's Best Friend. It's kind of similar to Man's Best Friend, right? What a gift. Um, but those movies aren't as witty. And and they're just kind of a slog. Those movies are kind of a slog. They're also a product of their time. So is this. I mean, that's that's the other thing is mm-hmm. those movies fit in perfectly with the era that they come from. And and Man's Best Friend and Deadly Friend weren't nearly as desperately trying for mainstream success as this movie is. This movie knows what it's what it's doing, and it's trying mm-hmm. to to really be mainstream in a lot of respects and be as mass you know appeal as possible. And it does, and it succeeds at that because it's very broad. I think you're right. I think actually you're right. I remember after Deadly Friend and Man's Best Friend both bombed at the box office, filmmakers were thrilled. They're like, we didn't even want to get that popular. We're thrilled with the, the take we have here. I'm glad we're not mainstream. Super, super thud at the box office, thankful, thankfully. Well, it's Wes, Wes Craven's a piece of crap. He's not. Oh, he sucks so hard. But the, except, for, except for Serpent the Rainbow, right? And the first Nightmare. Mm-hmm. And then what else? What else? And is- new, new Nightmare? Over, No. People Under the Stairs, I do like. Nightmare. It's a Scream, nightmare. I like. The first Scream's okay. Scream 4, I like. What What are some other Craven films? People I Under mean, the Stairs Deadly is a Friend. Uh, Hills Have Ass, that's Toby Hooper. Uh, what's, uh, the, what's the... What's, Hills Have Eyes is Craven, right? No, no, that's, that's Toby Hooper. What's, what's his big... No, we can't look. It's easy to remember Wes Craven. Hills Have Eyes, I think you're wrong. It's not Hooper. How could you be this wrong? I get him mixed up. Yeah, it's, that's early Craven. Who did Eaten Alive? That's Toby Hooper. I don't I'm know. trying to think what the, there's another big Wes Craven dog shit. Last House on the Left. That's, that's the one, one I was his. thinking of. Not, not, uh, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that one. It's shite. But I mean, he did, uh, what's the movie I watched with Killian Murphy or Cillian Murphy? Or Red Eye? Killian no, 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 no. No, no, no. Red Eye? He did uh, that music movie with Meryl Streep. It's all coming back to me, Nick. That was him trying to go clean. And God's yeah. like, well, looks like you're trying to do something you shouldn't be doing. I'll take you for my own. <laughs> oh my God. You're mine now, bitch. He- he did that movie I always bring up that you haven't seen, the, the, where the main character's name is Bug. It's like sold my soul to take or something. So Swamp Thing is okay. He wrote it and directed it. Swamp Thing's great. Shocker's fun, but a nightmare. Other than the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, most of them were absolute winter tips. I agree with you on that. But he didn't direct most of them. Right. But he has, you know, his career is dominated by it. He directed the one. He directed two of them, at least, I think, two of them that were good. One, because there only is one I good did. one. New Nightmare's pretty good. It's the beta test of Scream, and it's poo. It is. <laughs> I just wish. I just wish it wasn't the case. I wish. It, I just wish it could go, go away forever. He put my forever crush Heather Langenkamp in this. 
I like I love her. It's a tough name to say though. Why Why do you like her? Because I thought I always thought she was just very pretty in those films. I don't know. I like her, and I thought she was like she was like a sight for sore eyes in the sequels when she shows up because the sequels are pretty bad. She doesn't show up very much. See, I, I um, thought she looked Nancy. like the girl next door in a way that was legitimate. Like she actually looked like a girl that could live next door because she wasn't. Don't even. No, don't she was not, wasn't ugly. She looked like uh, what's her name, Laura Ingalls. What, what's uh, what's the girl from the Little House in the Prairie? She reminded me of her a little bit. Loring is Wilders, the Wilders who wrote right, the right. Prairie. I can't believe I don't remember my first crush's name. Oh, she Michael, Michael Landon. Michael Landon. She rolled down that hill at the beginning, remember? <laughs> Melissa Gilbert. Melissa Gilbert in here. We haven't I done... love to hear We her. haven't done a lot of her movies yet. Maybe none. What's a Melissa Gilbert classic? She's still running around out there, by the way. Oh, no dick. She's been her in... Her ears are burning tonight. She's been in nothing. about her on the microscope. She's been in nothing. How dare you? She has to be in a horror film when things she got a little is bit in bad. No, it's all television. She has been in no films that you've heard of. Was she in White Dog? The ghost, the, the no. White Dog is a TV movie too, but it's about a racist dog. Was she in that? Are you kidding me? Mm-mm. I mean, she's in a billion, a billion TV things, but I think I think I mean, I'm thinking Ghost Dog. Was uh, she in White Dog? No, that's my question. No, who's in White Dog? What is White Dog? It's about a racist dog. Are you kidding? Christy McNichol in this. That got mixed up. I'm not kidding. It's a TV movie? Yeah, I think so. A trainer attempts to retrain a vicious dog that's been raised to attack black people. I was like, I don't know if it's a... Um, it is not a TV movie, which means it's fair game. Sam Fuller directed it. Holy shit. Did he really? Christy McNichol, who I always loved. Oh, yeah. Jameson Parker in there, uh, too. Got two heartthrobs. Oh, I know from... Uh, uh, Oh, is he not from Prince of... Uh, that's not the same guy. He looks like that guy, though. Oh, Prince the, of um, Darkness? John Carpenter. That is him. Yeah. Who, yeah. That's Jameson Parker. Got a little cute stash in that. We're really on a tange. The movie is Deadly Friend. It's very Deadly yes. Friend. The therapist shows up, and she's the first monkey wrench of sorts. Yes. Because she well, brings the hammer. Allison Williams' character, uh, Gemma, she's like doesn't really know what to do with her niece. She's not a people person. We see her at work. She Her boss is mad at her because there's a competing toy, like the Furby, that's cheaper. And he's like, you need to reduce costs. We need to compete. But she's been working on Megan. And behind this guy's back, he's super pissed. And then cut to her home. She's got her niece there now. She doesn't like her niece there. You know, She doesn't want her to mess with her things. And her niece is sad. Like, she's grieving. Yeah, this, this woman comes in to assess the situation, this therapist. And the therapist says, uh, you could do a little bit better here. It's weird in here. Well, I mean... And the, grandparent, the grandparents want her. The grandparents of your guy. I have to admit, Green, I sided with Allison Williams for a lot of that. Yeah. She has her... There's this whole little joke subplot about her collectible toys. How she doesn't mm-hmm. want it. You know, they're meant to be stored, not played with. And she's forced to take one of them out and play with it, which violates its value. I thought that was kind of It hurts weird. to see it. Yeah, and the way she opens the box is super weird. Like, she gets, like, a box cutter out and just really goes in there. Like, you think you just kind of rip open the flaps, but she tears into it in a very strange way. It was an acting decision, for sure. No, I was going to say, Allison Williams does a pretty good job here, kind of towing the line between unlikability and likability. Like, she has moments where she's very frosty and annoyed but you know she ends up being kind of a hero in a weird way in this i think she's the hero throughout she has a life she's built a life for herself and and you could judge that life but it's not her fault that the the wife 
had a piece of shit husband that couldn't protect them while driving, you know? And she's, she didn't have really a close relationship with this kid. You know, it's it's a tough gig. It's a tough gig. So you're on her side from the beginning. You weren't sympathizing with no, uh, I, Katie. No, I'm as, as somebody who has been married to their work many times in the past, uh, I get it. She's, she's you know, and you, t- you talk about this. I mean, you have a single woman who's very successful. Mm-hmm. Were you to punish her for that? That's like something that's been completely uh, swept under the rug. Well, why stop, why stop now? Let's, let's, By the way, you're married to your work. I, I went to the wedding. Remember that? What a, what a day. Yeah, it was the Evil Dead screening. Yep. Uh, it was the wedding. Yeah, she does bring the hammer. Yeah, the therapist. She, like, lays down the law. She's like, look, the grandparents want her. Maybe you want to give her to the grandparents. That's kind of what the underlying thing is there. And I think Allison Williams is offended she's like i can do this i said i'd do it but she really in a way she wouldn't mind seeing this little girl carted off to florida and after watching the movie i wouldn't either she sucks she doesn't her name is violet mcgraw get used to hearing that name she's annoying the kid's annoying and granted yeah she's a good actress what are you talking about oh no the actress is good but the kid that she's portraying katie katie sucks i don't think we said the name enough sucks is it the same same name in uh, mean girls of of uh main character i've never watched mean girls you missed out it's a good one i just don't, i don't think i've been able to watch it without losing it losing what <laughs> there's a there's a tech guy here he's kind of a i guess he's like a stand-in for like an elon elon musk type he's like a tech billionaire and he plays her boss no and i i recognize this actor no but... no he doesn't play her boss the guy who plays her boss is just a, a middle management guy the, yeah. the, there is that that billionaire guy who does show up later on yeah, you're thinking of the guy who was in, I think, Shang-Chi? Oh, it's him. Yeah, let me get his name. His name is I thought he was the, kind of the real rich guy. I guess you're right. He's kind of, he is under somebody. Yeah, he's the middle man. The, the rich guy shows up later on in the story. But he's the guy who is, he's sort of the underling. You know, I, I, I liked his I liked his little scenes. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a one-dimensional role, and I think that was intentional. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the movie obviously needs to get in and get out and not spend too much time with the character development side of it. He's unlikable, but you still don't want to see him die, well, I don't think. Well, the, the thing is, they the, the, the reason that it works is because they there's this other guy who works with him that, that you instantly hate, and that makes it easier to not get as hateful over this David Lynn character. The, the Kurt character is a nightmare, and, and he pays the price. Yeah, he play, he's the underling that's been selling secrets uh, to other rival companies, and um, but he is very picked upon by this David character, and, and you feel bad for him a little bit, but then he is, uh, then he super sucks in a weird way. And the film, the film has a lot of fun a couple of times with the way they make these people out. This guy, the yeah. Stefan Garnier Mountain is the guy who plays Kurt, and he yeah. is. They intentionally give him these black circles around his eyes, and he looks a little emaciated. Looks like frazzled. it looks a little bit about like Zach Woods a little bit if if he if you drained his body. Um, he just looks a little unwell. And then later on, there's a police a, a policeman that shows up that is super disheveled. And it's hilarious. Like, they have a lot of fun with, with letting the character's appearance do some of the heavy lifting for it. And, and Kurt is the ultimate example of that. Yeah, the police guy shows up, and he's he's a mess, and he starts laughing about a, a child dying. And then he corrects himself because I shouldn't have laughed. But we, the audience laughed when they saw him because he's so disheveled. Yeah, he looks like him. Like he just got yeah rolled out of bed basically. And, um, and I don't think that was intentional. There was meant. He's meant to look like a, a gritty cop, and they just intentionally made it look arch. All right, so let's get to Megan. We haven't talked about her. Oh, she's in this. Do you know what she's her name stands for? They say it in the movie. What do you think of the name Gemma? By the way, I hate it. Megan stands for Model Three Generative Android. Thank you. Generative. Yes. 
Is that a word? Megan is by far the best thing about this film, 100%. Allison Williams is a creator of Megan who is introduced where they ordered a face for her, and then the face goes wrong in this little trial. And it does the Haley Joel Osment spinach face. It does. Then she ends up, you know, she gets real excited. She kind of does work. She shouldn't be working on this, but she is. Because they're trying to go lower end. If they produce Megan, it's high-end toy. She decides to do it and pair it with uh, old Katie to kind of, you know, it, it relieves her of her home duties as well. Gives gives Katie something to do and play with. There's a character called Elsie, which is sort of their their um, Alexa. Oh yeah, yeah, Alexa. Yeah, who is sort of is paired with Kimberly Williams, not Kimberly Williams, Allison Williams, mm-hmm. and um, the father of the bride. Wow. It's sort of a, a precursor, and then there's a, a, a wonderful robot called Bruce that's a precursor. But Megan is sort of the, the ultimate model, and they're pretty excited about showing that off to the boss, and it goes badly because the guy forgot to put a chip in that thing, which instantly made me want him to die as well. Remember that at the beginning? Uh-huh. He looked a little bit like the missing brother in the uh, in that filmmaking family. Check out the Hemsworths. <laughs> Duplass brother. Oh, the Duplass. J. J. Duplass. Yeah. What's the other guy's Mark. name? The good one's Mark. Mark and J. Duplass. George Lazenby in the news today. He threw his hat <laughs> in the ring. Threw his idea in the ring by who should be Bond. I guess they. Aaron Taylor Johnson is kind of at the top of the list at the moment. There's some other names floated around. However, Lazenby decided to weigh in and mix it up. Said he thinks Liam Hemsworth should be Bond. That makes two people that think. Well, they're both Australian, right? Lazenby's Australian. That's what happens when you put a microphone in front of his, that piece of shit. How is how is uh, Liam Hensworth getting so much do-overs? <laughs> Has he been in anything interesting ever? The Hunger Games, I guess. You said I, I, I think like said those. interesting. I don't like those movies, but I mean, he's in like he's in Expendables two. Yeah, three maybe. I'm sure he's a great anyway, guy. I want, I want to address something to you um, with you here. I'll be noticed. Breakfast time, and this might be a wayward Zoom, but it's breakfast time at the household. Katie's eating a piece of toast with the thinnest amount of peanut butter spread across its uh, toast face. Did you notice this? (laughs) No. It's just a weak application of peanut butter. Now, I started to second-guess myself in the theater. I was like, is it butter? Maybe she's just having buttered bread, buttered buttered toast, which is tasty. And in that case, all right, acceptable, right? It doesn't have to look... Like, it's just overflowing with butter on it. But if it's peanut butter, man, they didn't do a great job. And I don't think... I'm going to zoom in. I don't think they do a great job with the food in this movie. Speaking of... Um, I thought the therapist brought the hammer. Jesus. At one point, Allison Williams serves Katie a hot dog. And it is the fakest looking weird hot dog I've ever seen. Now, it could be a vegan hot dog or something. But it's it's looking... It's been through some things. <laughs> if I was Katie, I wouldn't eat it either. Looks like a dog toy. They could have called this movie Katie Rehomes. <laughs> There's a scene very evocative of RoboCop in this movie where Megan is in the lab and there's a, you see mm-hmm. the readouts on her face and everybody's kind of walking around talking to her. Made me happy. Yeah. Made me happy. Well, we're, there's apparently a bunch of tributes in this movie. What did you think of... There's some stuffed animal gags in this movie and there's a flat-faced cockeyed panda at one point in her bedroom. What did you think of that little flat-faced panda? Did you notice? It's you a, didn't like it. It was big and wide and weird on the, on the windowsill. I agree with you. And Megan, by the way, also sits on the window seal and charges just by sitting down on a big charger that She's lights like up. like a little Tesla there, yeah. Like an ass charger. 
I like it. I think it keeps her her parts heated, and she's she's not against it. You know. Yeah. Here's what's great about so we saw this movie at, at AMC, and we watched it. We're watching this movie about this android, barely alive android. And before the movie, they had the barely alive android known as Nicole Kidman do her little pre-show thing, and I could not watch this movie without being reminded of Nicole Kidman every time they show a close-up of Megan. Fine line between the right. two. You know, Amy was, uh, or I'm sorry, Megan was a costume for an actress named Amy Donald, a young actress. It was she a, was doing most of the moves. It was assisted. There was a lot of CGI trickery, though. But she was in there, and she came up with the dance that is probably responsible for this movie making so much money opening weekend. It got memed, Nick. I think you're over-exaggerating the value of a meme in box office. I don't know, man. You know, awareness is a huge thing. For example, that no one knew Dr. Sleep was coming out, but they knew <laughs> Megan was coming out, you know? People see horror anyway, films, seen, period. January, it, there's, there's a slot that people will see basically any horror film that comes out. Do you out. know that there's a new Kevin Williamson movie coming out that's dropping on Peacock on Friday called, what's it called? Sick? Slasher film? Did you know? No, because I, I don't appreciate you mentioning that fucker's name to me. Why? I hate him. You didn't like teaching Mrs. Tingle or whatever that movie was he wrote after Scream? No, he's, he's garbage. It, yeah, I know she tried to get away from it, but did you notice the toast? No. The peanut butter thinly spread. Like, how do you like, do you like peanut butter toast? I love peanut butter. I've, I don't think I've ever had peanut butter toast. I'll make you some. No. Once I get past COVID, if I have it, I, I, you know, it seems like I do. I, I'll come over there and make peanut butter toast. What a waste. What about jelly toast? Do you like that? That's a, kind of a nice treat. No. What about peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Do you like that? I'm a fan. As provided that the there ratio is proportionate. That's what I'm trying to get to. Do you like a lot of peanut butter Lots or just the thinly? Butter, very little jelly. So See, I don't like sweet in my in my entrees. I like sweet for dessert, but I don't like sweet food. I don't like sweet potatoes. I don't like uh, yeah. yams. I don't like uh, pineapple on pizza. Uh, for some reason, oh. I'm built wrong. I don't. I don't enjoy any sweet. And when I get Asian you like food, the savory. You like the savory. Yeah. I th- I'm glad it's been abolished. To be honest, I don't think it's necessary. What? <laughs> I had a pizza this weekend with pineapple on it and bacon and chicken and it was like a big old mess of things and it was very good actually. And I'm not a big pineapple on pizza fan. I had at a all. Korean barbecue this week and and they had one of the dishes was a Hawaiian bulgogi and there was the pineapple and I cooked the daylights out of it but never ate it. Did you like it? I didn't eat it. I ate the bulgogi, no. but I didn't eat the fucking pine. I never heard that word. It's it's a it's a it's beef. That's very. Are you saying it right? I've heard that word. Bulgogi. If you're saying it wrong, I've heard that word, but I haven't heard bulgogi or whatever. Well, it's like a mixture of bulgogi and, and bulgogi. Oh God. Bulgogi. I never heard of it. Wispy piles of clumped, seasoned wet meat. Oh, did you hear my stomach growling just then? No. Ooh, you really. <laughs> you're singing to it, man. Ooh. Put the sound effects in. It's like the Nick Nolte of meat. Flat face stuffed panda in here, and then there's a scene too, where Katie. Is dropped off at a little park, a little little summer camp. Are we going to go all the way to that scene already? I mean, my notes are threadbare. If you lead we, the discussion, I will try to keep up. We just talked about the threadbare. My big, my first note is boss mad. <laughs> Next door to Allison's house is an is, a, is mm-hmm. a grumpy lady with a dog named Dewey, who there's a hole in the Who's fence. The, the daughter of um, the deadly friend neighbor. Very much like Anne Ramsey, which I said in the theater. Uh-huh. And I didn't hear you, so it's originally said just right now by me. Oh, and you stupid poop! This dog keeps breaking <laughs> into the yard and making drops, and she's beside herself. It's been a problem. 
And yeah. Dewey runs afoul of Megan. So Megan is, you know, by the way, Megan walks, she talks, she records, she thinks she she could do all sorts of dexterous things. Mm-hmm. Very elaborate beast. And this dog is set up to be the first victim for sure, just based on your knowledge of horror films and the way that they, they set it up. And Dewey, uh, first of all, there's a scene where Megan tries to go retrieve a missing um, bow and arrow, uh, an arrow that the young girl has shot. And the mm-hmm. dog grabs her arm and massacres her for a little while. And she didn't, she didn't like that. What she does is at night... She bites Megan's hair and she bites Katie's arm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the dog does. Mm-hmm. Dewey. Show some respect. By the way, zoom scream. in. David Arquette, yeah. Wes Craven, scream. Let's pull it back. Deadly friend reference. I'm going to call it. <laughs> so Megan kills the shit out of Dewey forever. Oh, man, he died. He died, yeah. But the best is how she lures Dewey to death is she does a vocoder voice of the mom. It's so yeah, cute. Yeah, of its owner. Yeah. Yeah. So cute. And Dewey's cute. Dewey's for a while. And and then later on, the mom is looking for Dewey. She, By the way, they yeah. may overplay how long she looks for that dog. Walking around with dog food a couple of weeks later in the street. Come on. I don't that. know. People, when they when they lose dogs, man, they put signs up for weeks. They... they they have hope in their hearts. I, I don't blame her for looking for that dog. She loved Dewey. I don't know why she loved Dewey so much. Dewey was definitely causing problems. If she loves Dewey, she wouldn't leave him outside overnight. I, I, I'm firmly of the belief that if you have a pet that you leave loose overnight, you're not that attached to that pet. Although I did notice on one of the Facebook like local groups, there was a dog that was recently returned to its owner that had been gone for quite some time. So I guess it can happen. She lures uh, the bitch next door into a into death by emulating Dewey's sound. So Megan is she does. like Ben Burt. She's multifaceted sonic engineer. And why this is a huge kind of why I love her. Yeah, she definitely does impersonations, you know, and um does them quite accurately. And the girl And I believe uh, Yeah. I believe that might have happened in Deadly Friend. So we're getting to the scene that you're talking about, but let's keep let's keep going because mm-hmm. This girl at first is hesitant to bond, but Megan really kind of sees an in with the girl. She sings to her. It's very cute. Uh, starts mm-hmm. showing her some of her features. They start playing a Thumb War, and, and there's a super zoom during that sequence. Okay. Katie and Megan are having a Thumb War, and Katie says, your thumbs are slippery. Oh, I didn't hear it. I thought that was pretty special. But for a lot of this, like Katie's sad as shit. She go because they keep going to her job, and and once they show the boss the the way that this kid and and Megan interact, it accelerates the release of Megan. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. she's been vitalized. Her job has meaning again, and now that she has to kind of get this thing ready for production, and obviously they've made some mistakes with Megan. She's not foolproof, so she's doing some crazy shit, and that's where we start to get. She's already killed a dog by the time. They go to the park, right? Right. There's a young man named Brandon there. For a while. Who looks like a young version of Ben Affleck's character from Days of Confused. Zoom. So that is, when you watch this movie, listeners, think of Ben Affleck's character in Days of Confused and tell me that that kid's not playing the younger version. Then he looks like Vincent Van Gogh. <laughs> then he looks like the cop from Reservoir Dogs. Kirk Baltz. Nice. The uh, There's a great scene where there's all these stuffed animals and stuff piled on a... Uh, table mm-hmm. out in the park and Megan's been tossed amongst them so, that should have been the poster for this movie it's so great My- yeah there's um the the Allison Williams says uh, you you can take 
this killer dog with you to this park with all these kids. Killer dog? As long as it sits... I'm sorry, killer doll. As long as it sits amongst all the toys the kids bring. Brown wall. Um, and so it's a little bit of a tribute to E.T., sort of, maybe. That's what I was thinking. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. And then what happens to old Brandon? He's good? He's fine, right? He, he does okay? Well, Brandon is a bully, and he bullies mm-hmm. Katie, and he takes her doll away. And, yeah, when he's dealing with Megan, he thinks he's, he's in a great place, and then she rips his ear off. And then... Makes him. There's this. It's a. It's a creepy scene when he's abusing her. It, it feels icky. Yeah, it does. And abusing the doll. But then she. But then she decides to scare the living fuck out of him, and she starts moving around like a weird animal through the forest, sneaking around. And she ultimately tells him to run. She ultimately makes Brandon die. He gets she, hit by uh, a, he a rolls, huge car. He does. He he rolls. He rolls down a hill into, into the oncoming traffic and super dies. Now we've seen to that zip up the body bag. We've seen that happen quite a few times in films, right? Orphan, maybe. Well, that we've done. I think we have that. Obviously, mm. there's that in Maximum Overdrive. There's a kid gets run over. There may be a run over element in. Uh, let's see. We did Pet Cemetery, the the remake. Yeah. No one gets run over in that. Gage is fine. It's not Gage in that movie, isn't it? Oh, it's right, isn't it? You mean the remake? Yeah, the right? remake. It's, it's the, daughter. Uh, the daughter. They switched it up, Nick. Who's your? What's your favorite getting run over? Is it? Is it is it uh, Miami Vice? Is it that is that's my favorite. <laughs> that's one of my favorites too. John Hawks getting he makes it obliterated by a semi. I yeah. mean, the best is Micho Black. As far as the most mm-hmm. amazing car destruction of a person is definitely Micho Black. I think, and there's some gross ones. There's some pretty sad, gross ones that I've seen recently too. There's one in Chucky that's pretty good. Uh, Bride of Chucky. I haven't seen it for years. Obviously, Final Destination has. An insane car accident. There's a lot. There's a lot of horror movies, and it's it's unfortunate that where, where somebody will be like yelling in the street and then a vehicle will hit him. It happens a lot, especially in the '90s, like the late '90s, early 2000s, when CG was becoming really prevalent. You'd have a lot of people show up in the middle of the street, and they think they have you, and then a vehicle will smash them out of nowhere. I don't hate that because it's it's a solution. It's nice to see a little bit of a change up, and this movie does have a little bit of a change up, especially when it's a child. Nothing quite like getting a child smashed in a movie. I mean, we could take it all the way back to prophecy. It's not a run over, but it's it's a child it's a child death. Sleeping bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The tree ran it over, I guess. I was watching VH1's Behind the Music, and and Billy Gibbons admitted that that song is based on that. So that's good to hear. You know, I'm glad that you're you watching know, VH1 these days. You know what's... Is it still around? I think so. I'm listening to an audio book right now about MTV's origins, and I'm loving it. Is it good? Yeah, it's great. I'm listening to that Paul Prish book, the film editing book. It's really good. You should listen to that. I won't. He's, he edited Star Wars. Uh, I'm, you, it's been too many episodes. And, and date movie. Well, now you got me. Did you notice... And This is the, sort of late in the movie I started to feel. It felt like Team America from time to time. Yeah, the way that Megan no. was used in scenes and the way she looked, and that's not a that's not a, a jab. I mean, I love that movie and I love some of the stuff, but mm-hmm. I was sort of expecting to go Gary at a couple of points. Felt Team America to me. Maybe there's a little bit yeah, of that I mean, homage in there too. That's always the kind of the line you the, the, you you know you kind of in these movies. Megan is the bad guy, but also has to be the hero for a while, right? And so the people that she's killing. Usually you're kind of bad scumbags, but at the end she she goes too absolutely nuts. She crosses over. Now she's not, she shouldn't be killing anybody, but you know that you don't like the neighbor, you don't like Brandon, you don't like her bo- her boss, 
And again, it's selling secrets. That's not a huge body count in this. No, it's not. I mean, she really... For the for a good portion of it, and there's also an ex machina kind of vibe at some point in this movie too. Uh-huh. But you kind of don't know exactly what her motivations are because it seems at first like she's protective, and she wants to protect the status quo, the dynamic that they have. But it becomes obvious a little bit later on that she just absorbs all this knowledge and, and kind of gets too big for her britches. And well, she does want to protect Katie to the end, and she wants to be the one that's calling the shots with Katie. She doesn't want to be turned off. She doesn't want to be treated like a robot. You know, so she does kind of start becoming violent toward Allison Williams' character, obviously. But, you know, she's a definitely a scary thing. And at this point, then Katie has turned against her as well, against Megan. Well, the they end. try to make that but, seem oh, like a surprise. The, I wanted to roll it back to something that threw me off in the film is that Allison Williams accuses Katie of not eating her sandwiches that she packed her for lunch. Right. How many sandwiches has she given her? She gave her one. It's a little girl. Gave her multiple sandwiches. I guess it's just showing you that she doesn't pack many lunches for children. I'm gonna zoom in. <laughs> it's huge. Were you are you okay? Are you stunned that I brought that up? Well, you mentioned Sky it. Vodka gets a little placement in here, a little product placement. That's right. They have a little celebratory Sky Vodka in mm-hmm. this. You like Sky Vodka? No. When the film is at its best is when it's dealing mm-hmm. with the the satirical elements of the technology that is Megan and how it operates. Mm-hmm. There's some fun stuff. There's the, the the use of her volume in a couple of scenes. The way that she, her eyes... It's very much like Pennywise in some respects, the way her eyes kind of move a little bit, where she'll, she'll like... They'll, they'll just... Her eyes will do a quick little scan, or like a... Like a they'll right. move slightly. And I know they use mm-hmm. that to great effect in the It movies. But I, I just sure. like the little nerdy, high-tech stuff. There's... Obviously, there's this, a major concern right now with our, our, our... All of our technology listening to us and... This awful, scary shit right now with the AI programs that could do stuff. You know, obviously there's this whole argument right now with art, where artists are being taken, their, their stuff's being stolen from them by these AI art generators. But also, somebody was telling me that they they used uh, that what's it called, Chat something or whatever. Yeah, yeah. To do a Chat G something. They had yeah. they had them do spreadsheets for work, and they they basically did their entire job for them. And then I, I'm listening. And then there was somebody that somebody sent me a screenplay. They had the creature do a screenplay based on some keywords or some stuff that, that I was interested in. And it's cute. Turned out. And it's terrifying. And I, uh, the yeah. movie doesn't go too deep into that, but I do like those moments where it does kind of take what's familiar to us and and, and throw the horror spin on it. What do you think of her outfit? I ain't kicking her out. She's got a crazy little beige outfit on. She looks like a flight attendant from like the '70s, sort of. Yeah, she has a um, few different. Set of costumes in this, including she bubble wrap. Mostly just wore though. She has bubble wrap. She's a singer. She ever wants to watch her bust out in song. She sings at one point "Titanium" by I believe Sia. She sang on a David Guetta, whatever his name is, wrote it. Yeah, and Sia, I think Sia sings yep. that. Sings My girl. that part. Yeah, who I, I love me I like her. Sia. And so that's funny. Everybody audience laughed at that. It's a little awkward. And then later she sings our girl Martika's song, Toy Soldiers. Or at least she plays it, I think, on the piano. Um, our girl Martika. I like it. Come on now. You know you'd like Martika back in the... By the way, that's another kids. movie that yeah, we yeah. need to do on here big time is Toy Soldiers for sure. Yeah, we... We should. I saw that at a screening, believe it or not, back in high school or something. Devoff. Devoff in this. Will Wheaton in here. Sean Astin, maybe? Kenzie Astin, maybe. No, I think it is Sean Astin. Uh, isn't Mackenzie a female? No, I don't think so. 1991. What a good year. Sean Astin was a star. Sean Astin, Will Wheaton, Louis Gossett Jr., Keith Coogan, rest in peace. What are you talking about, rest in peace? He's still out there. Denim Elliott, Jerry Orbach, Andrew Devoff, Arlie Ermey, rest in peace. Who plays the kids? 
Sean Aston, Will Wheaton, Noel Dude. Johnson. This kid's name is Noel. K N O W L. That's his first name. In this, and he plays a character named Phil Donahue. Weird. Does he really? Who gets killed? Is it Will Wheaton? One of the kids gets killed. Oh, I, don't I think remember of that, that deep. Maybe it was the Keith Coogan. Maybe I'm wrong. No, they got to keep Coogan around for the for the laughs. You don't kill him. Yeah, that's a big one because you got obviously you got Devoff as the villain in the trailer of that movie. We we were giddy watching the trailer for that before the movie came out. Yeah, because the editing of the scene where he goes, it will explode. The editing of, of Zivov's line delivery was so funny. And I remember being very sad when I saw the film that his delivery wasn't as over the top in the context of the movie. It's a private school. The senator's kids go there or something, and then they target it. Thank you. Thanks yeah, for I taking believe, all the emotion I, out of it. I think that's the premise. And then it had Martika song. Now I'm looking up, step, now I'm looking up Small Soldiers. No, don't do that. It's a Jay Moore movie. I mean, he's in it. I remember being so excited about this fucking thing. Really, what a piece of shit I am. John Joe Dante, right? Yeah, it's and it's it's uh it's it's got some similarities to Megan actually. We, Does it? What a cast! What a cast! Small soldiers. Get ready to get fucking whip hard. Rance Howard, Robert Picardo, <laughs> Dick Miller. You got David Cross. You got Anne Magnuson. You got Dennis Leary, Kevin Dunn, the legend, Phil Hartman. Jay Moore, Gregory Smith, the most boring named actor, the kid, Kirsten Dunst, and then the voices of the creeps, Bruce Dern, Ernest Borgnine, Jim Brown, George Kennedy, Tommy Lee Jones, fucking Michael McKeon, Christopher Guest, Franklin Jella, Harry Shearer. Wow, Franklin all the tap. Huge old dick. And Sarah Michelle Gellar and Christina Ricci also doing voices. What a fucking powerhouse. Back it up. You're talking yet again about Langella's long Gigantic Gala? winter. He a huge hanger? Yeah, he's got a big ass fucking steam trunk. A large toy soldier just swinging around down there. So, Langella, R.I.P., right? He's out? He still walks planet Earth. Oh, that's right. He got me too a little bit, I think. On He got fired off that Flanagan thing because he was being a super creep. Yeah, well, he put Whoopi Goldberg in the in the corner, sexually. Yeah, Langella's still out there. Who? He got fired. I'm sorry, what did I say? You said Mangella. Langella? He's long dead. Langella. 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 Did I say his name wrong for my entire life? Langella? Is that right? It's, it's Langella. Of course it isn't. Why would it? Why would it be right? <laughs> People expect this from you. It's all good. It's a soft G. Uh, not, there's nothing soft about his G. His <laughs> Dracula. I mean, if I go to Reddit and would they have a, a page devoted to his uh, supposed? I doubt it. Gigantic penis. I, he just I just know he's been listed amongst Hollywood's hung jury. Who else is on that list? Jeff Goldblum. I remember. You know, Milton Berle. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Ed Helms. <laughs> there's there's a couple of people I hate that I hate that they're on there cuz cuz it's it gives them unnecessary cred. Shia LaBeouf or something like that. Carrot Top. Joe Pesci. John Irving. Tim Conway. <laughs> Rance Howard. Danny Masterson. Fucking piece of shit. It <laughs> was a gift for you. The guy that did the voice of Elmo. <laughs> did he go what to jail too? No, he got in trouble, but I think he's back as the voice of Elmo. I don't think he got in permanent trouble. Kevin Clash, it's a cool name. Oh, Liam Neeson definitely was one of them. I expect nothing less from Liam. He's just a big old guy, period. You know, just just when you just think about the proportions. Of course. Bill Hader, that's one that kind of bothered me. Hater, yeah, I don't heard that. That you you may have mentioned this before. Pete Davidson is one that pisses me out. Daniel Craig, David Beckham, Michael Fassbender, Bill Defoe, 
Fastbender is a has photographic proof. This, this is in shame and has shown his penis a lot. This is one that really pissed me off. Yeah, Jared Leto. I don't I don't understand like why we're hearing so much. I it was fun at first. Now I'm, I've heard I know too much. I don't want to know things about Jared Leto. And of course, John Hamm because this whole this whole Morbius itself is devoted to him. His sausage. Well, congratulations to all those men and also Vern Troyer on there. David Carradine, Michael Hutchins. Jesus. That's another oh. I see what you're doing there. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Anyway, at the end of the movie we get the Megan dance. Let's 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 go through the end here. What happens? They they have the big thing where they're gonna debut this Megan toy. It's gonna they're gonna rush into production, they're gonna um, premiere it to the world, and it's gonna be ten K a pop for this toy. Um, which seems like a ridiculous price, but they think that people will love it so much because it's such a fascinating piece of technology that they're going to pay out the ass for it. Right. Things start to go absolutely wrong because at this point, uh, Allison Williams has bubble tape, bubble wrapped <coughs> this damn doll because it's gone absolutely nuts, and it's trying to get her coworkers who I who I like in this this, this movie. I like the, the to, lady to dismantle like the her, and then they and then Megan. Almost kills both the coworkers, but they don't die. Lame ass explosion, though. I, I I called you yesterday complaining about how disappointed I was with the explosion in that lab. They couldn't go too big because they didn't want the they don't want the coworkers to die. I know, but so they, they could have had a gigantic explosion and they still could have lived. At least Fair enough. Some, show Megan mm-hmm. it's good at her job for Christ's sakes. What do you think about that price? Ten k. It's a bargain. Would you? Would you? No, I wouldn't. But I, but there are people in my neighborhood who buy their kids golf carts that are that price. Would you buy a robot for 10k? I guess is what I'm asking you. If it was Megan, yeah. Yeah, like it had the capabilities of Megan. Yeah. Since I know where your mind's going, I would not. I didn't. I wasn't going there. Now they introduced a prototype. Uh, Ashley Williams worked on like until a, I've had her for at least five years. A model named Bruce. Bruce, right? And it's this robot, this old robot that she put together in college that has some functionality to it through some power gloves that she clicks together mm-hmm. and then can make it move around. And So they introduced that earlier in the film and then the climax of the movie where Allison Williams is getting beat all over the place by Megan. Mm-hmm. Katie comes in and puts the power gloves on and then smashes Megan apart, rips her apart with this, I hate with that this scene. Early, I hate that scene. early android. Bob, it's fine. It's you cute. know what's coming? It's just a little bit too... Mm-hmm. It tries to be a big get away from her, you bitch kind of moment. It doesn't work. They do say they did say in the trivia that they were tributing aliens. Are you they serious? Were paying a tribute to aliens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Wow. The director said he did that intentionally. Yeah. He failed. That's the bishop. Well, you picked up on it. There's a bishop rip in it. Then I guess I guess um, Megan gets torn in half, but she's still going, Nick. She is, and she's awesome. She's awesome. Allison Williams rips her face off, starts to dismantle all the chips and dips behind that face. Doesn't do it in time. Is about to get rocked. And then um, she uploads her consciousness to Elsie. She ended up doing that, yeah. So Megan does get destroyed at the end, but we see a little light go on in that Alexa type thing, and we know we'll that call Megan it Elsie again. I was just clarifying what it was. Yeah, just zooming in. It's a cute movie, though. It's a cute, fun movie. Yeah, they did. They did. They did a good job. I like the director a lot. This is two that he's done that I've liked. So he did three. You like so he can he can breathe easy. Microscope approved. By the way, it was Expendables two that had uh, Liam Hemsworth. That was. You made me doubt zoom. myself, and I, I had to check. Who's who's in the third one then? Banderas. Oh, Mel Gibson. No, who's the, I mean, uh, not Banderas um, and um, who's the bl- who's the blonde boring in their third? First one? of all, how dare you? Don't you dare say Glenn Powell because I love him. No, I love him. Kellen Lutz. You heard me, Nick. Can I zoom in real Let's quick? Let's have it. Feel like shit. <laughs> Feel like shit, Nick. <laughs> Glassy eyed. I'm kind of 
my mind's not quite there. You had a little fog. I, I say uh, I said um, Langella's name wrong. That's how you know I'm a little bit not working at 100%. I have a very vulgar but, uh, song called Robot Girl that I could probably put at the end of this episode. It's a super offensive. I think I won't. Um, is it super offensive? My wife has a flying... She, when she was in college, she was in a band called Transistor. And they had a song called Flying Robot that she wrote that I always loved. It's about a flying robot and how this girl falls in love with it. It's a good song. I'll send it your way. Don't worry. You won't. You're not gonna miss out. I'll find out. Dig it up. I have a song called Transistor Heat. So let's get. Let's do the work, man. I know you got. You got to get. Yeah. Tuck yourself in. Look, man. There's some names in the credits of this movie. Yeah, I got some good ones. I have. Uh, I have ten. So just explain what this part is. We're gonna we go through the credits once as we let them stream over our eyes. Right, right. and we write down names that we, we love, and then we, that we uh, love that make us. We see how many stick out. We to have us. that crossover, and we were. I don't think there's going to be a lot, so let's uh, let's not start with our favorite. I got one towards the end with an HP initials. I don't have that you one. You have that one? That's Haley Pigman, Nick. <laughs> Haley Pigman worked on this film. Is it pronounced, what about you? Is it pronounced Pigman? I mean, it might be Pigman. I like Pigman. You know? Yeah, I like Pigman. I had, or maybe just Langella is the Pigman. I, I had a KP. KP? I don't have that, I don't think. You didn't have Kelly Poor? P O O R? No, I didn't. I didn't see her. I don't pay attention to Kelly Poor. I had a little SW show up though. It's a little Star Wars initials. I didn't uh, see that one. Maybe you uh, heard tell of the crew talking about a great working experience with Sven Wig. <laughs> with two eyes, Sven right? Sven Wig and with two eyes. Two eyes. Yeah, I did see of course, that. Course, like Kristen Wig. Yeah. Did you see NC? I didn't. No. Namfoon Coot? I did see. In fact, somebody uh, who put that up there, Blake. Blake, uh, one of our listeners. Who we love put singled out that name as well. well I, 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 I'm glad I didn't see it because I, I can't I can't have influence happen before the. Well, film. that's just great minds think alike, right? Yeah. R, RP showed up here. I couldn't believe they hired him. I don't have an RP. I heard he had. Uh, luckily for us, not RIP. But you're talking about Robbie Penny in here. <laughs> Robbie Penny showed him up. Money in the bank. Did, money, money in the pigman bank. Did you? you know? <laughs> did you have PH? I didn't. So it reminds me of an ancient TV show. PK Hooker was in this. Good old PK Hooker. I was so excited to, sh- to see one of the stars of Running Man show up. Rita Maxim uh, worked on this film. One of the gladiators from Running 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 Man. It's not a good joke. It is a bad joke. But Rita Maxim in Thanks this. Thanks for the Nick. not giving me the initials. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Did you see? Hurt. Did you find CP late in the credits of this one? I didn't. Cinnamon Peachy. <laughs> Are you sure that's not like a name of a company? Oh, I mean, it could have been, but I'm going to say it's... Cinema Peachy. I hope that's a name. Before I get to my two favorites, I got I got a little K.A. coming across to you. Did you have that? I didn't have that one. Oh, you didn't have Kara Atnip? No. Did you have CB? I didn't. Chris Bonus? B-O-N-I-S? <laughs> you have so much better did ones Did you have I DS? Did. I didn't. Devin Seaman? No, I didn't. I saw him, though. Did you have OF? Only, only fans? OF? <laughs> no. Oliver Faldo in here. <laughs> did you have VV? Vague Vartanian. First name was Vague. Amazing. Well, that should be your number one. That should be your number one. All right, here are my two fa- my two favorites. Right. I'm going to give you I think we- my, the runner-up. Okay. The runner-up, DF. It's Diane Foothead you're talking about? Yeah, I'm talking about Diane Foothead. She's like my second favorite. And then? And then a Deadly Friend tribute, BB. Okay. Did you have that? No, I didn't see it. You didn't see Brett Butt? <laughs> no. Brett Butt worked on the show. Yeah. And my number one was CB. Yeah. Okay. Crichton Bone. <laughs> oh, 
Oh my goodness. The writer from uh, Michael Crichton. Oh, he is Bones now. Yeah, poor dude. Dead. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Look, you're on a you're you're at a tattoo parlor, man. Getting whisked away by the needles. You gotta get something uh-huh. put on your on your body, man. This is probably gonna be my number my hundred percent usual at the end where I'm crushing this stuff in the game. Yep. But my tattoo is. Do you ever play Rock'em Sock'em Robots? Of course. I would have a tattoo of the Rock'em Sock'em Robots, but instead of the blue and red robot that are fighting each other, I'd have one side Megan with boxing gloves and the other side Bruce boxing gloves on and its head Megan wins its head is like you know how one of the rock and robots when you get a hit on it the neck goes out it, it juts out okay. and it makes that weird sound you don't remember this no. it, like, it's almost like it gets decapitated but it's still on like a little zip line okay. or a little, uh, little piece of plastic yeah so I do that's my that's my tat what about you it's a recreation re- re- uh, of, of um, our leading lady Allison Williams of Allison Williams's to-do list for the day, and it's your typical thing. It's like make a sandwich or make sandwiches. Yeah, a couple. You know, conference yep. call, check on the silicon parts rates, and all the stuff, all the little things that she has for her work. And and at the end of the at the end, the last thing on her, to, on her to-do list, dump Katie into a giant quarry. Oh my goodness! Just send her seaworthy. Let her reenact the quest starring Henry Thomas. Movie's over, credits have rolled, but lo and behold, there's a stinger at the end. Speaking of a movie we need to zoom soon, The Quest. The Van Damme movie? His directorial? Oh, you just talking about that? Nah, nah, nah. Henry Thomas, yeah, right? But, yeah, the, Van Damme's directorial debut is also called The Quest. Maybe we'll do both. Oh, God. Uh, extra scene, that's a good question. I, I think the therapist needs to come back and survey the damage. Everything that's happened, everybody's a mess. There's the maniac doll that's in half. The house is destroyed, kind of, right? Isn't the house kind of messed up? The house is shit. And then just like give give uh, Alice Williams a thumbs up, <laughs> say perfect. This is fine, you know, like because they don't have very much. They don't have standards really. Right, perfect. Kids fine. Kids only damaged. Alice Williams is Doctor Frankenstein. Gets to keep the kid. And the kids thrilled. They're now they're newly bonded. What about you? Mine's pretty sweet. It's um beautiful montage. The misty morning at the cemetery. Yeah. Uh, the sun trying to burn through that mist. Little Katie standing at her parents' grave, time-lapse, people coming and digging up that grave, exhuming the father's body, and, and Katie smashes it with a gigantic jackhammer until she's thrilled, and they just put it back in and let it lower into the earth and fill the dirt. And It's the best. I love the show that we do, because I bet no one in, that's talking about the show has even talked about this actor, the dad. <laughs> like, there's no one that's even mentioned like him. the doctor in open range. <laughs> For 30 seconds, gets killed, and he's part of the deleted, the defilement of his corpse is part of your uh, extra scene. By the daughter. Uh, look, you've been given the finance and have your own sequel to Megan. Escrow's up, upside down, money's hit all the banks, now it's time to spend mm-hmm. that earned. Oh, Megan too? So Allison Williams, everything, Tuck's, is Tuck and Katie in bed, because after this horrible thing that's happened, uh, it's good night, sweetie, you know. It's like the, immediately the sequel takes place the, the, the night of this all this mayhem and she sets her phone down on megan's little charger on the on the you know mm-hmm. the little bench she has by the window or whatever the phone immediately charges it's, it's at like three percent immediately in one or two seconds charges at 100 percent. she's like what she's like are you kidding me i did i invent like the quickest charging thing for phones and so she goes back and she's like guys i, I know it's gigantic but this thing we could sell this instead of a toy and we could charge people's phones immediately this ass charger and so they go into business and that somehow gets down the circuits to this alexa device what did you call it again i never remember it's called lc elsa 
Elsie. She realizes that Megan, Megan realizes that they're making a mockery of her toadstool, <laughs> and she needs to come back for revenge. They shouldn't be sitting simple phones on this thing. She needs to be sitting complicated AI dolls on it. What do you think? This show gives and gives and gives. And the fact that the term a mockery of her toadstool was used justifies the show's existence already. You're talking about me saying things that have never been said? Nobody said that about <laughs> Megan, for sure. My sequel is cool as shit. Obviously, yeah. you got to get Megan back on a rampage. And that little um, device is downloading data to the last remaining functional piece of the robot. Because they're not going to build another right. Megan. I don't think necessarily in this sequel they're ready for the Alexa device to work with a robotic uh, factory to build a Megan, right? So mm-hmm. it animates and, 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 and sets free into the world the only piece of the hardware that's still in the garage ready to do damage, and it's her vagina. Oh, my God. And so... Megan's sentient vagina goes on a rampage in part two. Time out. Yeah? Might not be quite the hit this one was, though. could not agree less. Now imagine this. There's a Waffle House. People are in the Waffle House. A little bit Mm. of rain falling down. Through the glass of the window, you see a vagina hopping down the street towards it while Katie enjoys her lunch. The, The vagina hops in front of the window and it's no longer in sight imagine the tension that you could build up for that scene where you're wondering where in the waffle house that vagina is that's good that they that they did that that they made a vagina for this doll for this although at one point you did notice they were working on its genital area there was a scene they were really working on it and i got mad at you i was like i'm too busy contracting covid over here I think this podcast will cure your COVID. Didn't dodge. Did you ever get it? You did get I it, I think right? I may have yeah. had it, but I, I don't have any sort of justification. My wife and daughter got a while, like a while ago, and I th- I had the symptoms, so I always figured I had it. I kept testing, and it didn't, never came out positive. But this time, And I'm going to be on the road a lot over the next three weeks, four weeks, so I better not get it. I hope it. you know it's sick. I, I'd feel terrible. Uh, I'm traveling um, my ass off, and there's going to be some cool travel in there. So Poke a thing up your nose and give yourself a test. Although you said you don't feel bad, so you're good, right? I'm usually pretty lucky with this kind of stuff. I think when I do, it'll just kill me instantly. Look, you've been given the uh, finance to have your own business associated with a magnet. Yeah. You're going to take that hard earned and make it use. I'm just going to ma- manufacture dolls from the movie. I'm just going to I'm going to make actual Megans. Doesn't that be wouldn't that be the business to make the dolls? 100. That are they this but functional? I don't do nothing. Oh. I guess they probably will make actually like a figure from this or something, right? Because she's like a new kind of horror monster. Sure. Oh, I guess I'd manufacture the dolls. I, I but I'd man, I wouldn't manufacture Megan. I guess I'd manufacture Brandon. <laughs> figure doll of him. Manufacture the therapist. I'll throw Dewey in there. That's cute. And they're all animatronic. How that? How about they're all animatronic? But Megan, no working parts. Yeah. Would you like to have something to bully you in your house? Buy Brandon ten thousand dollars. Pretty good. <laughs> Mine's sort of similar. Right, Mine's the Megan the interactive <laughs> experience, and it'll tour the country in malls. And it's you, you basically well, there's so much real estate right now. You go to any mall and there's so many sh- shops that are vacant. So they'll basically buy that, that used inventory there and put the Megan interactive experience. And it's actually pretty badass because you'll go in. You know the kids will be like chomping at the bit to meet this, and then you go in there and it's Megan Trainer and Megan Good. Oh wow, Megan Good. And Megan Fox sit in the room, and you have 13 minutes to chat them up. They will autograph a Megan poster. Nice. And they will plug your phone into a charger that puts a virus onto it, and you'll be on your way. And it will microtransaction oh, your life away forever. 
But you'll get to meet three yeah. legendary actresses. Megan Tra- Trainer is not an actress, but other two are. What is Megan Trainer? She's a, a musician. She's, you've seen her act. Sings a song called All About That Bass. She actually has a new hit out as well. How do I know this? Because my daughter is going to be 14. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And she has commandeered the radio, and it is tough for me. Very tough. See, I'm a bad parent. I don't let them do that. I started, well, I, I didn't use, used to, but I started liking a Harry Styles song these days, Nick. I'm sorry. Look, you're in the movie. You've been inserted mm-hmm. to the running time of Megan. What shape does your performance take? If I'm a character in there, I'm definitely one of the team. Okay. And I put the finishing, I put the finishing touches on Megan. I get everybody out the room. And I'm kind of like real, like, I need space. This thing's going live tonight. The prototype's going live tonight. I need to work my magic. We need some finishing touches on this. And I start to play with the code and get in there and, like, put, like, different, you know, wave files and sounds of the doll farting and saying, I, I did a poopy and I just, I just farted. <laughs> and huge, like, long farts that you can control. Because that truly would be attractive for you know some kids of course would like a little conversation with a friend and that someone can confide in but someone just wants to hear a robot fart mm-hmm. you know i make sure this thing's a success i am a rival toy character. baron oh, wow. i've been sucking up these secrets that have been sent to me by this douche kurt and i've been going over these schematics and i've been learning the tricks of the trade and then i see this fiasco happen where the, they're slaughtered by this sentient robot and i'm like I dodged a fucking bullet. And then I recreate Megan to the exact specs, and and it happens all over again. Oh, man. She just douches me out, man. Clowns me with a, with a sword. You know, fucks me out. <laughs> Look, you've been uh, watching this, the shit, and you have to incorporate it somehow into your routine, your life, your ritual, man. Well, you talked about Allison Williams not letting Katie play with her collectibles, right? I kind of do the same thing here. So I'm going to let my son... I have a Luke Skywalker uh, figure, a stat, kind of not a statue, a hot but like toy. a big hot toy. And I paid a lot of money for it a while ago. I never, I never put it together. It's just sitting in my room. I'm gonna let him put it together because he always asks me to, and I go, I no, but I'm going to. So I'm legitimately inspired by this one. This movie, I'm gonna do it. Might be the COVID talking, but my thing I'm is, let people play with my collectibles. You, you have a lot of collectibles. Yeah. So I just sit on the windowsill and charge my ass. No. Fair enough. I just charge my ass to death. How how do you charge your ass? You don't have a. You just sit on the windowsill, basically, and pretend. I get hot ass and burn. Yeah. Sit on a heating pad. Yeah, sure. Or let the sunlight cook my asshole. Let the don't let the sun cook my asshole. Remember, we went to a mm-hmm. casino, me, you, and my mom back in the day, and she slept on the uh, windowsill like a fucking. It's elf. one of my favorite memories. From like with your mom when we went out there. It was the first time we went out there. We got one room. And it had a gigantic windowsill that had like a little mattress. And we were like, "Well, where are we gonna sleep? There's two beds in here." And your mom's like, "I'll sit on. I'll sleep on the windowsill." She's seat. a little we're like, "No, you sleep in the bed." And she refused. And then she had quite a nice sleep on that windowsill. Yeah, she was a little tiny drink of water. And then we also ate at Paula Dean's restaurant, I believe, in that trip. A, a, a role model, Paula Dean. Oh yeah, favorite film. White dog. Do you see my new screensaver? My desktop? No. no. Windows sill. It's pretty cool. It's Natasha Hansridge. Pretty great. Look, you're on an island. You've been all these many years gathering debris for various films, and now it's time to take something from Megan. What are you clowning? I don't know. I didn't bring. I didn't write enough notes to really think of what I could bring. I might bring that hot dog I was telling you about that's so creepy looking that it's almost like an outer space, like an alien disguised itself as food and was waiting to be found out by being bit into. Mm-hmm. I'll bring that 
it definitely looks insane. I know you didn't really pay much attention to it, but maybe there's someone who has a screenshot of it. Well, I was when I was watching it, I totally expected the kid to choke and for Megan to save her. Didn't happen. Mm-mm. So I have a new prized possession at the edge of my island that I am. I'm not going to say I'm in awe of, but I'm pretty proud of it, and I've got it in a really yeah. prominent location because it did God's work. Uh, I've got. Right on the edge, near the rock face, I've got that bulldozer. Just the one that did the beautiful job of smashing Katie's life to pieces. Katie's parents, uh uh-huh. Like, really throwing a wrench at the whole mix there. Their whole plan gets fucked out. Oh, they died? Yeah, they didn't make it. They were smashed away. That damn bulldozer did it, and I'm going to have it in a choice position. It's impressive what the results were. Even more impressive is how little damage is sustained. It actually isn't worse for the wear because of that destruction that, that happened to the car it's actually fully operational no dings and dents no blood no tears and i will sit up there like pony boy and just put it, roll up my denim and let the sun give its fucking sweet grace to me and i'll just like kick back put a hayseed in my mouth and just stare up into the into the sky loving my island loving my bulldozer loving the fact that this thing dashed people apart in its day and is none the worse for the wear let let the day take me. I will I will pass the hours just whistling a sweet tune. Getting all thanks for this by the way. Kit. Thanks for this. Okay, uh, you know like my fevered state tonight. Dream, yeah, all I hear is about this this like verbatim playback all night long of you talking about sitting on this bulldozer with a what is it a hayseed? You say <laughs> is that what it's called? I just like that our first guest in 2023 was fucking COVID. Comparing yourself to Pony Boy, I'll be like, think I'm going nuts tonight. Going, did Nick compare himself to Pony Boy at the end of the Megan podcast? What? And then am I hearing? And then you're this? like, did I did I really call that a toadstool? <laughs> Fucking well, Miyamoto over here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Fill my eyes with all those selfies.